ideas we may have about spirituality as something we have to do and have. So sometimes some minds will come and they just want to hear a message that gives them permission not to do what they don't want to do anyway. Yeah? And this is a beautiful message like that. (laughs) Because really, who the hell wants to do anything? And in fact, there is nothing to do, and yet there'll be a lot of doing, let's say. But the point is, it's never been you that did anything. Yeah? The you, it's like truly, when you were a baby, we didn't know. They've done this research that you don't have a sense of being a you for the first, I don't know how many months when you're born, when, when birth occurs. See, we have a language that's used by objects, and it's a subjective <laughs> language. So when I talk about birth, it's like, you were born. Yeah? You get it all the time? When you talk about a verb, there's always a noun involved in it. So we say, birth, you, you the noun, you know, the whatever you call you, was born. <laughs> and you died. <laughs> but that you, <laughs> it, it's crazy, man. So the language is very difficult to express anything clearly in. And that's one of its points, really. What it expresses clearly by the use of language is that you're a self. That's what it's expressing very well. So basically, we're talking ourselves into a trance all day. The talking and the sound of the language in the head is just like a constant, it's like, a, it's like applying a trance all day. Yes? So that what you possibly could be forgets that and takes itself to be something the mind is presenting. Yes? So the mind is presenting me as a body here. And that's all I am, truly. And the best you can do is entertain, I can become a spiritual body, maybe. But the body will still be supreme. Still be supreme. So, there's no way that the body can become spiritual. Yeah? It's not, it's material. Yes? It's never going to become, you're not going to become a spiritual Paul, in a sense. The idea is that if I'm not the body, what possibly could I be? If I'm not the body, I may possibly be spirit. Yeah? If I'm a no-thing, if I'm actually the seeing in life, not the seer or the seen, yes? Because this is the mental interpretation of seeing. Seeing's happening right now. But my mind says, I'm seeing you as an object. So I'm the seer and you're the seen. And then its emphasis is on the seer and seen. And the seen gets forgotten. Just like, very rarely do you sense the space in a room. Very rarely do you entertain the spaciousness in the room. Yeah? What we're mostly concerned with is what's appearing in the space. This is like the predilection of the conditional mind. Yeah? So, like if you, um, if you went to a cafe today, I bet you anywhere in this country you would not have heard a conversation about, about the effects of gravity. You would not be hearing someone saying, oh, gravity is really heavy on my right shoulder today. What about you? Does it, has it been weighing you down the last week? Oh, yes, gravity is really taking a disliking for me. I've been very heavy lately. You seem to be buoyant. What's going on? Gravity sucks, yeah? But gravity, as in the physicality, is a constant influence, yeah? You're under the effect of gravity all day, and yet you don't know that you're under the effect of gravity. Do you? You don't, until you have an experience of not having gravity affect you. So really, you know gravity by its absence. 
you know what gravity is like when you get a chance to have it absent. That's the same thing with this message. You know the problem by the solution. If you entertain I'm not that, the idea of being a self, then you realize what it feels like to be identified as a self. When you're identified as a self, you can get a sense of what it's like, but you don't get the whole enchilada because the identification is still in place. But if there's an entertaining of the idea, I'm not the self, then you can get a true feeling of what it's like to feel like a self. Yeah? Without having it feel like you. Yeah? Because feeling like a self is the feeling that it's you. Yeah? So when something happens, it feels like it's happening to you. That's an addition. Something is happening. Yes? Deeds are being done, events are happening. But Lord Buddha once said, events are happening, deeds are being done, but there's no individual doer thereof. There's no one doing the deeds or the events. That's a story the mind's made up. Yeah? There's just events are happening and deeds are being done. Usually coming from the conditionality of the apparatus. Yeah? You think you're choosing something. Have you ever heard of a something called candida? You ever hear of that? <coughs> have a, it's like a parasite in the intestines. It's now people are realizing it's causing a lot of dis-ease here. People, sinus problems are probably caused by candida, like this. It's like a bug, it's a yeast that lives in the body. Now, the yeast likes certain fuel, yeah? But obviously, it can't go out and shop. It doesn't have a cart or a car to go to the supermarket. And so what it does is, it influences the apparatus, and so it will tend to have... This apparatus wants to eat floury things, like bagels and this and that. And the incredible thing is, you're driven, being driven by this candida to get what it needs, and all the while, you have a story in your head that you love bagels. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have thousands of opinions about, I shouldn't love bagels, they're not good for me, it has nothing to do with you! It's something in you that's causing an influence, yes? So that you get motivated to get what it needs, which is its fuels. That's the same thing with alcoholism. Yeah? They had just had a test. I don't know if this is valid or not, but someone shared it with me. They took a, 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 a particle of crystal methadrine, and they took a cell, a human cell, a brain cell, I think, and they put them in a certain dish, and the brain cell moved towards the crystal meth. <laughs> you know what you're up against as the body to try to overcome the power of addiction? When the whole cellular makeup of your body, of the brain, may want to go towards that thing that's seemingly killing you? Good luck. Yeah? Oh, I can handle this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That impulse, that phenomenon of craving, when someone puts alcohol in their body and they have that alcoholic bent, you're a, you're a goner. Once the craving starts, there's no helping someone when they're, they're in the midst of the craving. You've got to get them afterwards when they're totally deflated or before. But once the obsession is all right to deal with, but once the craving kicks in, you, it takes its course. Yeah? If you talk to someone on their second day of a five-day run, they're in for a five-day run, basically. They're not stopping, usually. Don't you know? Have you noticed? Once that craving kicks in, it's a goner. You have absolutely no say in the matter. 
<laughs> so here's the candida influencing us, and then its motivation is clothed or disguised because of our incredible claiming of the mind that anything that comes to us, we think it's us doing it. So I really love bagels. I really love to hurt myself. I really love to really fuck myself up. No, you don't. <laughs> Something is motivated to act out. And while it's acting out and using you as transportation, all the while, the narration of it is you're doing it. How are you ever going to get out of that? You can't get out of the effects because you're the, the byproduct of the effects is guilt and shame about the effects. Something comes over and takes you over, and then after seven days you wash up on the shore, and then all the shit you did, it's not laid low, and, not, and the embers don't die. You stoke it. The mind make, has guilt and shame, because you were the doer of all that stuff. Yet the first step says we're powerless over alcohol. Powerless means to me, if you're dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when it wants to stop. You have no say in the matter. Yet, the mind and selfing will take that debris of one's life and now stoke it, step on all the embers and produce guilt and shame. So you don't even get cooked once, you get cooked over and over again. Don't you? It's enough you get cooked by a run, and then you get hung over the fire over and over, like, like one of those things that turns on a on a thing, and you're basted with mental <laughs> thoughts, like, and guilt and shame glazing, and it just slowly, it represents it day in and day out for years. Freaking how hell. You can't get out of this prison, because there's a prison in a prison in a prison. There's the prison of thinking you did it, then there's the recollection of you shouldn't have done it, then it's the guilt and shame about what you did, and on and on and on and on. How's self ever going to get out of self? It's no fucking way. None. The solution doesn't lie in the problem. The solution lies in a, in a system outside of the problem. We have to access something other than self-centeredness. Yeah. I don't know how else you can, that it, it comes to pass. The only way it came to pass in my life is when I entertain I wasn't that. That's what happened. That's why I come here and share it. Because that's what happened. I started to entertain I'm not that, and I got the relief I was looking for as that. Yeah? But every relief I ever got, I mean, I went on weeks retreats. I meditated 13 hours a day in jungles in Thailand for three weeks. Freaking unbelievably draggy. <laughs> trying to improve my condition, you know? Trying to produce, to get an advantage here. Finally feel okay. And no matter what I did, it would be great, maybe, and I'd have great spiritual experiences, but as soon as I left that place, as soon as I entered my quote life, it would be diminished. It would be like a distant memory after a few days. What am I going to do? Sign up for a year retreat? What am I, I mean, the year retreat? All right, so here's the cost. A year retreat, the payoff. Three days of relief. Oh, wow, that's a fucking heavy deal. I like the payoff, but the cost, a year, sitting on my ass for 14 hours a day, yeah? Getting a couple days of feeling all right. Shit, this, I don't like this deal, yes? So I, finally, it collapsed on me, and I was left, like, in the middle of town, because at this point, the only thing I did in life was house painting, basically, yeah? And I wasn't even that good of a house painter. So I was identified as a painter. 
It's not a big, you know, not a lofty position. And I had become identified as a spiritual seeker, and I thought I was a good spiritual seeker. Yeah? So my mind had become a spiritual self. And then when I heard this message, it was like, there I was in the middle of town, and my pants dropped, and I couldn't pull them back up. So I was like, naked. I'm not even a spiritual seeker. I had, I had no value whatsoever, and the selfing just collapsed. Like, oh, it was so painful, and I, could, I wanted to pull my pants up and become something, but I couldn't. And it was so fucking wonderful, because then something snapped. Yes? Something snapped, and I wasn't beholden to an identity my mind was offering me. I was something prior to it. I was the animating principle. I was life. I was the awareness. I was consciousness. I wasn't Paul being conscious, because if it's Paul being conscious, I will be unconscious. I have to be. That's how this place goes. If you believe you're the one that, that's conscious, you will believe you're unconscious. And just like the mind that I have, if I'm having a good time, maybe it'll last for 15 minutes. Then the mind will get suspicious. Yes? <laughs> Are they setting me up? I don't deserve this. They're going to find out what an ass I am. Somehow or another, the 15 minutes is almost unbearable to the system. But, but if I'm having a bad day, it tells me it's going to be lasting forever. Yes? It takes a little feeling bad and makes it a lifelong depression. And it takes sometimes when I'm feeling good and it squishes it. Do you want that to interpret your life for you? Do you want something that, that shrinks the openness and the positivity and elongates the quote-unquote negativity? If you live in interpretation, that's what interpretation it is. It's based on interpretation. So, you can have an alcoholic and you drop him in, in heaven, it'll be hell in a day. You'll find some freaking fault about something. It's always the case. It's the, it's the predilection of the conditioned mind. We're, we're, we, we, we got the short end of the stick. Yeah? If you think this is going to be coerced into being on your side, forget about it. This parasite has one intention, and it's own, and it's, its own survival. You are food for it. Yeah? It doesn't like you. It's not like a pet. <laughs> it's not like, oh, come here, Fido. You're a pet to it. <laughs> it's not a pet to you. That's self-centeredness, thinking you have a parasite. In fact, most of us are actually the parasite has us. Yes? If you look at our lives, I would actually have to come to the point that the parasite actually has us. We don't have a parasite. The parasite basically has us lock and stock and barrel. Before and after sobriety. So this is about how can I become free from something that I take the self, take to be me. It's impossible if you take it to be you. The mind just doesn't work that way. If it believes it's that, it can't entertain being free of it. it maybe its idea of being free of it is dying. So maybe it will kill itself, yes? Either quickly or slowly. But it can't entertain being free of it because it's identified as it. Yes? The system cannot entertain being free of the system. It's like selfing. If it's a product of a mental process, it can't leave the mental process. It doesn't exist anywhere other than the mental process. Self cannot leave self and be self. There is no appearance of self other than the mental process. 
Animals, when they look at you, don't look at you like you think of yourself to be. They don't. Yeah? Let's say, here you are, you look at yourself, and there's thousands of clouds of ideas and thoughts and everything like this. A cat looks at you, and food maybe pops up in its head. Food. Yes? Or, I want to be rubbed. You know? Basically, all it sees is your functionality. But you take yourself to be this grand someone. This idea, fluffs and fluffs of of conceptual clouds going off on the head. Whenever, like a tree doesn't say, oh, there's Jim. The tree doesn't, I don't think the tree goes, oh, there's Jim. I like Jim. Jim's a special type of guy. No, there's no fucking recognition of self but other than you. They may see you as an object, because that's what we are, but they don't see you as the subject. We're the only ones who take ourselves to be a self. <laughs> Man, and we're drenched in so much importance. It's choking us. We're so obsessed with self, it's unbelievable, a lot of us. The mind, not us. Because the feeling of you being obsessed with self is the product of selfing. You know what I mean? This is a real key into checking it out. The feeling that it's you obsessed with you is selfing. Yeah, There's obsession with a you going on, but the feeling that it's you obsessed with you, that's selfing. There is mental obsession with a you, a you. Yes? A you. In other words, the mental process is producing a you. It becomes you when consciousness forgets itself and takes itself to be this. Yes? But basically, it's presenting a you. The immunity to it is seeing it as a you. So when there's obsession with self, it doesn't imply that there's someone obsessed with self unless there's the identification as self in place. When you really feel that it's you obsessed with self, that's the evidence of the identification as self. That's how you see the root of the disease. Is when anything's ever happening, there's always a feeling it's happening to you. That's the root. That's the nub. That's the center of the activity of the disease. It's now produced, yes? It's now produced the view of it's me that this is happening to. Or it's, it's me that's doing it. That is selfing. So in a way, when there's a break, when you get out of self in AA, you feel like life is happening. When you're seemingly in self, it's happening to you. Yeah? The truth is life is happening in both aspects, but one, it has a little interpretation that twists it. So life's happening, but when it's life's happening to me, that's bondage. That is bondage to self. Yeah? It's not saying, oh, not... It's not saying, oh, that didn't really happen. It's happening, but it's not happening to you. Yeah? Even when it's happening to the body, it's not happening to you unless you're identified as the body. Then it's happening to you. That's the selfing. And it's incredible to recognize the disease, because if you see it when, it, when illumination sets in, there's a seeing of it. For some reason, that's when the freedom gets activated, yeah? You see it. And you and I have all the ability to see it. We're conscious. Yeah? There's awareness. It's sort of like being in a room. Say it was dark out here, and then somebody turned off the lights in the room. What would happen would be a lot of problems would arise. 
If I wanted to get to the bathroom and I didn't live in this this house, I wouldn't know where it was, yeah? So I may get lost, go up some room, find someone having sex or something, whatever. Things could happen. I'd be bumping into people and maybe they'd go, hey, who would stop hitting me or whatever. Sorry, I apologize, make amends to them. And so what did I do? I, try, I start buying maps to where the bathroom is. Some smart entrepreneur is selling maps in the darkness. Oh, yes, I was here once, and if you take this and you go turn there, but I can't see, just go there, you'll end up there sooner or later. Or you buy knee pads, so when you bump into furniture, it won't hurt so much. And we just sort of immediately compensate for the darkness. We start living as if that's the reality, when only darkness is only the absence of light. If somebody would just turn on the light switch, all those convoluted solutions to the darkness would become unnecessary, because you'd see now. You wouldn't need a map to the bathroom. You'd see the sign, there's the bathroom. You wouldn't bang into the furniture, because you could see the furniture, and you could navigate around it. The problem with us is we're in a system of selfing, which is unreliable. It's in the dark, it's in ignorance, it's in the dark, yet it's trying to speculate what's going on around here. And it has a desire to be right. And also special. And so it thinks it knows something when it has no knowledge of it whatsoever. But it will kill you for it. I'm right, but it has no real evidence that it's so. So we're basing all of our take on an unreliable system, and we want it to navigate us to a dark room. And it's unwilling to admit it can't deliver the goods. So what happens is when you fail to get to the bathroom, it has an excuse why it, it didn't happen. It has a rationalization why it didn't happen. Or it blames others for why it didn't happen. Yeah? But it can't deliver the goods. It's not in its nature to bring about the light because it's the absence of light. Yeah? It's the absence of light. It has no reality if light is entertained. It's only in the absence of light that it can appear to be real. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selfing is just like that. It's like a cloak that comes over us and blinds us. We don't know what the hell's going on. Yet the mind incessantly will tell you what's going on. Yeah? And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It just makes up opinions and speculations. And you listen to it as if it's the God-honest truth. And we're taking wrong information as right, so we experience what they call fear in AA. The acronym of false evidence appearing real. Yeah? So constantly, our reactions to life are based on false evidence that appear real. Now, false evidence cannot be real. It can only appear real. And it needs you to appear real to. Yes? It needs the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate self, which is also false evidence, yes, to appear real to. If there is a light... You will see false evidence as false evidence. It doesn't take the next step and appear real to you, which creates a situation out here that you're going to have to either avoid or clean up. Yes? This is like seeing life in the blueprint room. It's much more difficult to get out of a house when it's built than if you're just looking at the plans. If you're looking at the plans, you can say, I don't want to build this, and it's, it doesn't take eight days to break it down or nothing. It's, it's never built. But most of us are waking up in the consequential aspects of where we're looking at life from. Self-centeredness. And it's causing a lot of fucking havoc. We're trying to find all these ways of trying to deal with what's undealable. 
It's totally unmanageable if you're constantly trying to manage. Life is not unmanageable. Life is neutral. It's your trying to manage it that makes it unmanageable. Because you and I are not managerial quality. We just, really, we don't, we're not there. So it's in that admittance that something else will manage your life. Yes? It's not your life anyway. That's the freedom. When you realize life isn't yours, man, it's a lot nicer to travel through. If it's yours, you have so many opinions about your life. <laughs> really, how it should be, how it shouldn't be. If you could just take the your off, those opinions wouldn't have so much weight. You may be able to find out what life is instead of having this need to know what life's going to be. Maybe you'd have the balls to just to walk into and find out what it's like. Yeah. Like it says in AA, you know, you have to abandon yourself to this power greater than yourself. If the power's ability is to catch you, how will you ever know unless you fall? Everything else is just talking. Oh, I know he'll catch me. Do you really? Do you really know? If you really know he'd catch you, then you wouldn't be entertaining anxiety all fucking day. (laughs) Unless you are relying on what? On self. Because self will never be convinced by any miracle. You can have hundreds of miracles. It will forget it like that, and it'll, but it will, it will thrive and relight and regurgitate and, and cultivate a resentment for 40 years. But a miracle that happened this morning, you've probably forgotten it by the afternoon. You have to see, this is not an, an objective point of view. It's biased. It's prejudiced. It's distorted. Yes? It has a preconceived look already. Self-centeredness. It doesn't have an even look. It's not swayed by evidence much. It just has an incredible amount of information that's somewhat bogus. And it keeps applying the same solutions to the problems, which produces more problems. Yes? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed, like, if someone goes, oh, I'm having a really difficult time. I think I'm going to go home and think about it. I will do almost anything for that not to happen. I'll even go out with them to a movie. I do not want anyone to go home and think about anything. Because as soon as they go home and think about it, it spawns eight more problems. This, you can't apply the problem to the problem. You're not going to think yourself out of thinking. It's recognizing the failed nature of the system. And you know what? When it does, and somehow your access and your constant taking in that information gets sort of startled or stops for a second immediately you're open to another source of information. It's not like you're just fluttering around. You're immediately connected, in a way, to another source of information. It doesn't take any time. Yes? It's just a real admittance to your innermost self or a surrender, and then suddenly the mind that was so sure and fixed like this moves and opens up to another possibility. Just like for me. There was no way in hell I ever thought I'd ever be sober. Ever. I was hunkered down in a life of just waiting to get caught again or go into another institution or fucking happily die. And I was just going to try to get as high as I could until that happened. I wasn't thinking. It was, it was just too obvious to me it was done. It was, I'd gone two years this program, three months another program, been in jails. Nothing seems to deter me. So I just gave up, basically. Yeah? And I just said, fuck, let me just get as high as I can. Which is difficult if you have no money. Yeah? That's fucking incredible. It really sucks, doesn't it? Did you ever have a lot of money and a lot of coke and then not have any money? 
It was such a drag to do like half of a quarter of Coke after you had like ounces of it. Fuck, it was the most irritating thing. It was such exquisite suffering. I was just dying. Fucking unbelievable hells the mind can make. Yeah, isn't it? This thing can produce some hells that are unbelievable. Really fucking unbelievable. So, this idea of accessing something greater than yourself, it sounds great, yes? But the system that we're relying on, the self-centeredness, like I said a lot of times already, it has a fail-safe mechanism. So when there is a reliance on something greater than self, you may be doing it as a self. If you're doing it as a self, it's going to minimize the effect of that solution. It's sort of like going to be like a trumpet with a muffler in it. Yeah. It's going to it's going to distort the notes. So yeah, maybe you won't be in jail as much. Maybe you'll get go to college. Maybe you'll be able to not act out at the next picnic. You know, which are great levels of success if you were uncivilized before. But t- real freedom, no way. No fucking way. It's all going to be conditional. And it's going to be the one that decides if you're free or not that day. It's going to look at the papers and see if you did enough or didn't do enough. And then it's going to pass judgment. And you're going to live out its sentence. It's like you're in slavery. You really are. You're in slavery. But if I'm not that, I can entertain being truly free of it. Free of it, yeah? That accountant up there that's adding up all the numbers. Did you do enough to feel valuable today? Did, oh, you didn't do enough. Oh, you're not good. No, you must suffer the viewpoint of not being good. Okay, all right, let's see. What did you do today? Let me count up. Oh, that didn't reach the, reach the quota. But I thought it was just doing nice to one person. No, I've changed the bar, you know. Oh, really? Jeez, I can't have a win with this thing. It's constantly changing the rules and all right. 50 hoops. Hey, I jumped through 50 hoops. Like a good dog. No, there's another hoop jumped through. Oh, shit. You're never going to be let off the leash. It's slavery to have to get relief for self. It's insatiable. Just how much... When you used to do drugs, when was it enough? When was it fucking enough? I couldn't never reach that point. It was enough for three minutes. And then you'd do a shot of Coke and think you'd want to enjoy the heaven of being totally loaded, maybe have some sex or anything... And then four minutes later, you had to have another shot of Coke. It was unbelievable. There was no real enjoyment of it. It was just the ritual. Just getting relief, getting relief, getting relief. It's never satisfied. You think that you're going to hit a point where, oh, that's all, Paul. You're off the hook. I'm satisfied. You're a free-range addict now. Just go have fun. No accounting, no judgment, no sentences, no probation. You're free. You've committed all my wishes. You've fulfilled them all. I am satisfied. You've done eight pounds of coke and it's worked. You're finally okay. No, I never reached that point. Never. I never reached it. It was always sending me back out. You've got to get more. Gotta go back out more, 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 more. So basically, your life is a form of slavery. Yeah. You're enslaved. This is about real freedom, and I know mind, and I know mind can entertain freedom. It has a difficult time entertaining freedom as a self. Because when it entertains freedom as a self, the freedom is conditional based on the self's rules. Yeah? But if you're not the idea of being a self, freedom is something unbelievably available. But if it's attempted to be claimed as a self, it will become conditional again. 
and then the selfie will play God with freedom. And it will tell you if you've done enough or you didn't do enough and how close you are. You know that old game when you were a kid? They'd hide something in the yard and then they'd send you out to look for it and one person would be going, you're getting closer, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, and then if you, and then if you were a little far away, oh, you're getting colder again. So that's what it's like. The mind with God is, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, oh, you're really far away. Oh, and then yet you never find it. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the yard, which is like a prison yard, looking for freedom in the midst of a prison. <laughs> the looking for freedom is the activity of being in prison. <laughs> You're thinking, no, I'm looking for freedom. No, that's the activity of being in prison. What? I thought I was looking for freedom. Freedom, that's the advertising. The advertising while you're in prison is that you're looking for freedom. But in fact, you're in prison. You see? It tells you one thing, but the exact opposite is basically the fact. Oh, yes. And it's a mobile prison. It's erected wherever you are. And you're the jail or the warden and everything. You're the bunkmate, you're everything. And the only way out is to realize you've never been in it. You've never been a self nor will you ever be yourself. It's a mental activity that your intention and interest can get involved with, and when it does, sufficiently, you become identified as a noun. You take yourself to be a solid, independent, separate entity. That's the prison of self. The prison of self is the mind being identified as one. To me, yeah? The freedom is right where you think the prison is. It doesn't have the ability to imprison you unless you believe it. It just doesn't have it. How can you have immunity to other people's thoughts but not your own? Do you think you have a special breed of thoughts? No. They're all thoughts popping out of the same popcorn maker. The, the difference is the my. The thought of being the one who's having the thoughts is the bonding agent, not the thoughts. Only a thought that you give a lot of meaning to is the only thought that has an ability to bond you. So if I have a thought of a woman, it's fine. If I have a thought of a woman who I think is my fairy princess, it has a huge impact. Both of them are thoughts of women. But one, my mind's given a meaning that that woman's going to save me, and the other one I don't really care that much about. So one binds me unbelievably. My mind fixates on it, obsesses over it. The other one, the thought comes and goes. What's the difference? It's the my. It's the th being leaving, I'm the thinker, or this thought's about me. That's the bonding agent, yes? If you can see it, you can be free from it. You're already free, but you can be free from it. That's good. An activity here is called free from it. You are inherently free already, but you can have the activity of being free from it. Yeah? Freedom can be a verb in your life, which is free from it. And you can travel as that. Yeah. So. What, what's happening actually here? I'm lost again. I'll come back. Yeah. Today's Saturday. This is the first one, the second one. Is there a third one, third talk? No. Monday. Oh, Monday. Oh, good. <laughs> Any questions today? Yes. Yeah, my name is Mike, and I'm an alcoholic. Mike, how are you? Would it, would it be correct, or am I understanding? 
I, I, I understand myself now to be a spirit that has consciousness and awareness. Does that make any sense to you? Yes. I would say you are spirit that doesn't have consciousness and awareness, is consciousness and awareness. But the thing isn't that. Isn't that spirit, consciousness, awareness is the you. What's the you that has or thinks it's the spirit? Yeah? In a sense, in that statement, there's a you that thinks it's a spirit that's consciousness and aware. My view is cut out the you and there's spirit, consciousness, and aware. There's no you that is a spirit that's consciousness and aware. There's spirit that's consciousness and aware. Yeah? There's no you. I don't singularize spirit. Yeah? I don't make it into something. It's a verb to me. It's just an activity. Yeah? So, there isn't a you that's spirit. There's spirit, in my view. Neither one are correct or incorrect, but I'm just sharing from where I sit. So, the you is out of that. So, there's spirit, consciousness, and awareness. Instead of you being spirit. I don't think there's a you to be spirit, because if there is a you to be spirit, there'll be a you that a lot of times isn't spirit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's confusing to the you when it isn't spirit, because it thinks that, why don't I have a freedom and a joy while I'm living? And then you'll say, because I'm, I'm not spirit, so then you'll try to get spirit. Yeah? Like a commodity. And it's all you. Yeah? The you is the center once again. It's the you that was spirit and now isn't spirit and wants to be spirit. What happens if there's no you? Then there's just spirit, awareness, and consciousness. How's that? It doesn't become a commodity. It doesn't become some application. It doesn't become something I do or don't do. It's just a fact. Spirit, consciousness, awareness is the context. Everything else is an appearance in that context. This is an appearance in this context. I'm not this. What the hell am I? I don't know. But I'm not this. That's being what I am. It's seeing what I'm not. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. How do you how do you apply this idea in not so much in your self acceptance, but in, in acceptance of others and 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 um, trying to feel enough in somebody else's perspective. In somebody else's ideal. How do, you, how do you apply that to, like, disconnect it? You don't. That's the good news. Well, everything becomes a byproduct of your entertaining that. Yeah? You'll see what happens. You'll find out what it starts to do. You'll see that the view from selfing is, is infesting every aspect of your life. When that starts shaking up, you'll, have, you'll find out what it looks like without that being the dominant color. I can't give you any rote answer because it's not a form. It doesn't happen like a form. It's it's more uh, fluid. I don't know how it's going to look for you, but it'll definitely look a little different for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way it is. I can't tell you how it works because I don't know. All I know is by entertaining something, I start knowing it by its fruits. In other words, the byproducts of entertaining that have littered my life, in a sense, littered this life, and by seeing what they look like, I get an intimation of that, which, you know, the amount of traveling lighter that's been 
brought about by that occur- being entertained tends to ha- cause an intimation of the unbelievable immensity of whatever I'm in contact as. Yeah. I can't give it a name. I don't know what it is. But I can basically have, I have an intimation of it by its fruit in my life. You know, I've entertained it. And truth doesn't mean much unless it's applicable. You know? Unless it translates into your life, what's the point of it anyway? Here. I'm talking about here. So, yes? In your connection are thoughts, things, yes. in and of themselves, and, and are they, they are things in and of themselves, are they only different thought things uh, in terms of me putting my thoughts in yeah. front of it? Yes. Thoughts are things. Concepts are things. They're mental things. Yeah? Here we can see these things, but there's things. Concepts and ideas and thoughts are things. And the my is how mind distributes meaning. Yeah? So things are noticed, objects called thoughts, and then mind's conditioning injects those thoughts with meanings. And it looks like the thoughts bring you the meaning, but it's the delivery system comes from where you're sitting, so to speak. Yes? Then it's injected into the thought. The thought is seen. It opens up. And it's downloaded. Yes? And it's meaning. Yeah? Wait. In other words, a thought, the same thought being entertained in different conditions will produce a whole different meaning. Yeah? Let's say a thought about money, if you have some, probably will just come and go. Another thought about money, if you don't have any, is going to have a lot of meaning. Yeah? So the, the conditional aspect will inject that thought, which just is money, with a lot of meaning. Yeah? Most people don't notice that. They don't notice the injection of thought with meaning by the mind, the conditional mind. Yeah? So because you and I, basically as this, are, it's just a conditional memory. Tons of information. Yeah? And the bridge for the information to be translated here by thought is to be injected into the thought by the word my. Yeah? The identification with the thought. The my represents tons of files. Yeah? Tons of files. Tons of conditionings. Tons of this. Tons of ideas of resentment and fear and this and that. And so it gets injected into the thought that's appearing. So a thought about next week is just a thought about next week. But if you're in a lot of fear, or your attitude, your basic uh, baseline is anxiety, that anxiety will inject into that thought, and that thought of next week will flip the apparatus out. Yeah? Will be used to flip the apparatus out. It's not coming from the thought. It's coming from the, comp- the comprising of all the memory and the conditionings of the apparatus. Yeah? It injects it. And see, without knowing that, if you think it's the thought, then you'll want to not have thoughts, which produces more thoughts. Yeah? <laughs> so you get, you get m- more of what you don't want. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's, and it's a really, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling uh, system. Yeah? So thoughts beget more thoughts about thoughts, more thoughts. Yes? And all the my links them all. And they, and they make up a story about you. It's incredible. It's like a daily narrative that sets, sets up a, an activated trance. And so you t- tend to stay unconscious of your real nature. Yeah? 
or you be, you're unconscious as your real nature, and you're very hyper-conscious of what you think you are. Yeah? As you know, people are very self-conscious, extremely self-conscious. They're constantly feeling what they think other people are thinking about them. Yeah? And just projecting all over the fucking place. <laughs> it's amazing, mind-boggling. It's like, it's just like one kernel of corn produces 8,000 popcorns. Yeah? It's like better than the fish and loaf miracle in the, in the Bible. You put one thought and then match it with mine. Begets thousands of <laughs> Seriously. And creates an orbit system where those thoughts orbit around the central being you. And maybe you don't see them for years, but they come back. Some have real long orbits. Some are orbiting every day. How do I look? Or like this? Or am I going to be okay? That's always happening. But then there's these old ones that you think you've dealt with. Um, I don't have any resentment anymore. And then it comes back. And they're all held in position by your energy, not the thoughts. The orbit is set by your gravity. Self-centered gravity is holding the thoughts in place with the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to have freedom in that in atmosphere. You think you've done, you think you're over something, haven't you? Haven't you done an inventory and felt like you thoroughly dismissed that? Really, I said everything I need to say. I've looked into it, I've made all the amends, and oh, I'm free. Suddenly, what? Comes the, what? I thought I got over that. And what? It's just incredible. The planet, my, holding everything in place. Let that weaken. The gravitational field, which is your belief it's you, that creates all your interest and attention as the gravitational field holding thoughts and feelings and making stories all day in place. When that is weakened, the in interest and attention that's holding everything in place weakens, everything starts moving in and of its own accord. Actually, it mirrors its true nature, which is it comes and goes. It comes and goes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, would you say serenity then would be almost like uh, existing or, or being without being so much in self? Yes. Trapped by self? say that, yes. Self can't have serenity. Self is agitation. The essence of self is selfing. It's need, it's control, it's seeking. There's no peace in selfing. It's agitated. It's a mental verb. It's agitated. Obviously, isn't it? You're always looking, aren't you? Ever since you were born, first it was the tit, and now you've been looking ever since. <laughs> we're constantly seeking for something. Constantly. It's agitated. There's no serenity there. But there's just one small aspect of, of mind. It's a mental process, a very conditional one. There's a lot more mind available than that. But our interest and attention has gotten caught in this loop, because of the twist that it's me, or about me. And this me, the mind is giving this idea of the body the biggest meaning it can give. It's called it me, which is bigger than the meaning of God. It's called it me. That holds the interest and attention. Yes? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's almost like a field, like gravity. It's like, it's like a field that everything that's seen in life and thought about in life and felt in life pertains to you. Everything that could be going in all different directions, but this pull of gravity pulls it into you. 
Yeah? I've had people that are so good at it. You can mention something that ha- could not possibly have anything to do with them, and it takes their mind a half a second to turn it into pertaining to them. It's mind I watched it. It's the, the, the force of that information is so far away from their orbit, but it goes by you, sucked right into their orbit. Boom. You mean a deer could be in my yard? You don't have a yard. But, but I could possibly have a yard. Would a deer come into my possible yard? Oh no, what would I do if a deer came into my... I have to get a fence? You don't have a yard! It doesn't matter. Just suck it right back. This system is like a black hole. It takes everything and sucks it into it. Doesn't it? How does it feel? You hope that you're going to run into peace, but can you be peaceful when you do? Probably not. The agitation overrides everything. It's constantly seeking. Control is seeking. It's all seeking. The desire for security is seeking. Constant seeking. Mental security is I know. It wants to I know. You have you worked with anyone in the program, and every time you give them a suggestion, oh, I know. I know. I know. And then you go, well, you're not demonstrating the results, so you don't know. No, no, I know that I don't know. The mind is unbelievable. It just wants to know. No, 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 no. When life is more about finding out. It's about finding out. Yeah? Is there any knowing and abandoning yourself to it? That's what it says in our book. Unless you abandon yourself, there's no knowing and abandoning. The, The meaning of abandoning is you don't know. You're going out without reservation and consideration. Only that... If not that, then the result will be nil. Unless you let go of all your old ideas, the result will be nil. What's the biggest, what's the oldest old idea that you're a you? It's the oldest one. It's it's the first idea the mental process came up with. Life equates to being you. The feeling of spirit means I'm, 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 I'm alive. I'm the one. I'm the one who's seeing. That was the first thought. It's the oldest idea of all. All the other ones are just appearing in the frame of self-centeredness. Every experience we have is in the frame of self-centeredness. If you want the experiences to change, just change the frame. And how you change the frame is you can't change the frame. You give up. You give up. Because trying to change the frame comes from the system of self-centeredness once again. You give up, I mean give up. It's incredible. When you stop trying to get out of here, you'll realize you've never been in here. But all the while you're trying to get out of it, it reinforces the belief in being in it. Really, I'm serious. If if there's a point where you just get exhausted and you stop trying to transcend this place and making it better or whatever you're doing, there's such a relief happens. Because you finally stop running and you just let everything be as it is and it shows off its real nature, which is it isn't real. It comes to go. It may bind you in time, but it can't bind, cannot bind you in timelessness. It cannot bind you in timelessness. You have to be a thing to be bound. You have to take yourself to be a thing to be bound. And when you take yourself to be a thing, you're bound by the idea of time. Because you believe this is your life, and your life is a very small piece called time. You seemingly were born, and you're going to die. The show's ending. And the idea of Paul, like a little voice box, and you think that Paul says, oh, I'm going to have a great life next life, that 
that sound of Paul dies with the body. There is no Paul that's going to hover over and go, oh, I'm dead. It's dead. Bye-bye. It stops. It doesn't move to another and attach itself to another body. Oh, Paul, once again. I knew I wasn't going to end. No. You ever see clones, movies on clones? I'm really into this. Do we have time? Do you have time? You all right with this? Yeah. Are you, bro? Good. <laughs> so I saw this movie, and there's a guy on this. I hope I'm going to ruin it for you. I hate to tell you, but let me ruin it for you. I don't mind ruining it for you. So there's a guy's on. He's in the moon, in the dark side of the moon, and at this time it's in the future, and they found something. They found a mineral that they use for energy on Earth. And it's solved all the energetic problems. They don't need oil anymore like this. And they, they harvest it with these big machines. And they have someone who make, takes a three-year contract, and he's by himself on this little uh, station. There's a number of them on the, on the moon. But he's in this one station. He never meets anyone else. And he has a computer that talks and everything. And he has a three-year contract. And he has pictures of his wife around the, the thing, and they get... He gets videos of his wife, and his wife's having a, had a baby, and he has a whole life, and he's doing, working out and doing his job and everything like that, yes? And he gets into a crash, because he starts seeing things. He starts seeing things, so he crashed into the machine that's harvesting. And what occurs is, he, he gets brought back in to the place, and what happened is, he was actually a clone, yes? With all these memories chips about a life, but he never really had a life. Yeah? <laughs> and the clone, he was starting to see things because the clone was starting to break down because it has a three-year run. And they have the exact same body underneath, and another clone's going to come up. <laughs> and so while he's on the, on the body, it was like a mistake that he got uh, discovered, the other clone's already been woken up. And the, how they disguise that it's a clone, it's, they tell the, the clone, the computer that's watching over him says, oh, you've had an accident and you were severely hurt and I, you're just coming too. And that's actually the birth of the clone. And he has the same memories as the last clone. So that both the two clones realize they're there and then they obviously realize there's no Matt, there's no Jeb, you know what I mean? They're both clones of the same dude. And now they start investigating, and they find a video thing, and they've had the same clone for 18 years. <laughs> they've had six of them for three years since, some with beards, some wisdom, but it's the same dude, same clone. And so now they have an incredible uh, conundrum. Yeah? They believe totally wholeheartedly that they're alive as this person, that they have a wife, they have this, and they have that. And it's very, very shattering to the programming that there are because they they were supposed to pass away never knowing that they weren't a clone yeah they don't have a wife this, it's all it's all made up and now there's two of them and they want to get down to the bottom of it and you know it sounds like the worst thing is that you'd wake up right that you thought you were a human and wake up as a clone and will realize you're a clone but that they always end there but that's not the end of it because in fact that's what it's like Basically, we're like a clone of an alcoholic, us, all of us, and we're thinking that we're special and unique and very different, but basically we have the same thoughts and the same feelings and the same reactions to life, pretty much basically. We're basically cloned from the same 
alcoholism, yeah? And we're thinking, when we realize that we're a clone, it's going to be the end of us, but it's the beginning of freedom. You see? They never have that in the movie. It seems to be so terrible to realize you're a clone. Because they stop there, and it's like, oh, I really missed out on life. I wanted it to be real. Yeah? But it was real to them. What more do they want? No, they want it to be really real. It ain't going to happen. But if you get to, so you admit that you're a clone, and then you realize you're not the clone. Yeah? You're something other than the body. Yeah? I think that's so cool. So in a way, when you recognize alcoholism as a foreign installment, you're basically seeing what you called you not to be you. It seems like it would be a real dead, you know, bummer, but the solution is in that, in a way. Because what you are is then freed up from the pantomime of what you're not. Yeah. I would like to do a movie and then add that next hour or two. Wow! <laughs> the real revelation. Yes, I am a clone, and then I'm not. Instead of resisting that I'm a clone, which makes you a clone. <laughs> but they realize, fuck, I am a clone, and then I'm not a clone. Hallelujah. But no one, life doesn't want to take us to that third segment. It's always about, oh, it's wonderful to be independent. You're not independent. You're conditional. You're like, every, everything we do is a reaction. It's, it's like choreographed. <laughs> We're like, Jesus Christ. You think it's a, it's a unique move you made. <laughs> you dance like every other alcoholic has danced. <laughs> you don't have one new step in your little repertoire. It's the same old, same old. Just like when you go to A, everything that you think you've done that no one's done, there's someone that's done it. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So there's a real, to me, to me, not being that great individual is freedom, actually. It's not something to bemoan. It wasn't so great anyway. So it sucked. I love the idea I'm not that. Yeah? Why? If, see, if I'm not that, then I don't need to try to get relief for it. Yeah? Because if I am that, I need to get lots of relief. I've got to have Netflix. I've got to have Agendas in my freezer. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. And yet, I live in an insecurity that none of it's going to work. Yeah? Shit. So, I don't know. <laughs> If I keep talking, they're going to take me away. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing. I'm going. Yes, that's the beauty of it, yeah? You lose it, and you're still here. You'll have so many times when there's an absence of self, but something continues. Yeah? So obviously the absence of self is an appearance on the screen of what's always so. Yeah? Instead of getting caught up in the movie so much, maybe acknowledge the screen. That brings you the movie. Yeah. I know. Maybe. It seems to work. So, hey, we'll end, eh? Let's see. What do we have to announce? Shirts? I have shirts. I sell shirts. I have potions that can cure selfing. I have a secret handshake. I have matching sweatsuit outfits. Oh, Zen bitch slap. And uh, whatever. But then we do we pass the basket or we only pass it once today? Where are my handlers? Right. Hey, thank you for, you know, just participating in this. Great.
and hopefully I can see you Monday. And don't you enjoy the space of this, Ed? Doesn't it feel like, isn't there a relief in the air? I hope so. I sense it. Yeah, isn't it nice? Just the entertaining a possibility. Isn't it just enlivens one, doesn't it? After most of the possibilities we entertain tend to deaden one, but this possibility enlivens one. Yeah? Yeah, I love it. I love, I love it, uh, what it can do for an atmosphere in a room. It's such a juicy message. So thank you very much for participating in it. Yeah. See, Paul will